You're listening to a message from Spindle City Vineyard. Connect with us or find out more at spindlecityvineyard.com. I'm Johanna. I'm the executive pastor here at Spindle City Vineyard. Uh, And usually I am not a part of the preaching team, but everyone is on vacation. And so you have me today. (laughs) Um, I just love you all. Thanks, Barb. So before, when I've been up here, we've sort of done like immigration Sundays uh, because that's what I do in my full-time job. I work in immigration law. And so we had a Sunday, I don't know if anyone remembers it, where we talked about refugees. You all were wonderful. We had maps. We did some PowerPoint stuff. It was lovely. And then, I don't know, like six months later, we talked about asylum seekers. And it was so much information that I just remember looking at you all and bless you. You heard it, you listened, and you just all looked stunned. And the room just felt so heavy. So, because the immigration system is just a mess. It's a literal mess, Uh, but it's okay. So today, instead of that, I just felt like God said, maybe something lighter. Uh, So I'm just gonna share with you how I ended up in the job where I'm working now with immigration and all the points of how he did what he did because in all the songs that we sung today, he's there, that's who he is, and he's working even when we don't know that he's working. So I invite you to come along on this adventure with me while I reshare it. And before we pray, I also just want to warn you all, um, there's that movie, I think it's the really depressing one, Up with the older man and the house and the, yes, it's really, it's beautiful, but it's so sad. Um, but anyway, there's the, is it the dog that's always like, squirrel? Yes. Okay, so just know that my thought process works like that. <laughs> and <laughs> I am going to do my best to keep things in order, but you are, please squirrel with me. When I squirrel, I promise I will come back to the point. I promise. Okay, <laughs> uh, so Holy Spirit, you're already here, and I just, I just thank you, God, for who you are. I thank you for the group of people that are here, uh, for anyone who's listening later on. And God, I just ask that um, while I share, that you would just help to highlight to each individual person the times that you also provided for them, that you also set a path that they didn't even realize they were walking in. Oh my God, I just thank you for your faithfulness. Uh, in Jesus' name, amen. Um, so I, I work at a place called USCRI. It's the U.S. Committee for Refugees and Immigrants. It's in downtown Albany. Um, it's a refugee resettlement organization, I guess is the best way to put it. And I've been working there since officially 2018. But the way that I got there is a little, is a little um, different. Jacobo, can you put the Joshua verse up? So this was the verse that God gave me when this all began. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not tremble or be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. And that's in Joshua, Joshua 1.9. And in preparing this, I realized that the verse wasn't just for the beginning because it's an everyday thing. Because every day since this has started, it's gotten harder and harder. Uh, but there's this peace with knowing that I am where God told me to be. And so please know it's all okay. So it was maybe May of 2017? No. Um, okay, November of 2017, I started volunteering at USCRI. 
my full-time job, I was working as a store manager at Lane Bryant. It's a plus-size women clothing store in Colony Center. Yeah, you shop there? Oh. Uh, and <laughs> thank you for your, your yeah. Uh, I've been there, I've been with Lane Bryant since 2005 and had worked my way up from a seasonal sales associate to a store manager while going to school. So I, they had essentially raised me in a large portion of my adult life, and that is the job that I knew. Uh, but while I was there, I, I started volunteering at USCRI, and that in itself was a God thing because two or three years earlier, I don't know how many of you know the Milkinses, Hannah and Chris. We were helping them move in. I didn't know them. We would be friends later, but it was like that, oh, you need help moving, I'll help you move. And I met Hannah's mom, Kim, who is probably like one of the most delightful people you'll ever meet in the world. She's just so fun. But I remember sitting next to her at the table and just hearing God say, Kim has something for you. And feeling like, well, that's weird. <laughs> I just met her. I don't even know Hannah and Chris. Like, okay, fine. So... I prayed about it, and I told Brittany a couple days later, and in her true Brittany fashion, she was like, that's amazing! I wonder what it is, like, what God has, that's so exciting, you better write it down, you have to remember it. So I wrote it down, and I prayed about it, and as I am me, I was excited, but not as outwardly excited maybe as Brit, as Brit is, because she just goes hard for those things. And years, like literal years passed, and I was on the bus, and the bus goes by the old USCRI building. It was on Broadway, the old Nipper building. And I, yeah, like I looked over to see the sign. See, Barb knows. I looked over to see the sign, and I just really clearly heard there. I want you to start volunteering with refugees there. And much like April's face, I was like, I don't, <laughs> I don't know anything about refugees. I don't, like, I know that they exist. I'm not proximate with them. I, I don't understand. When do you think I have the time? Like, how does, that, how does one even do that? Is that a phone call? I have to call someone that I don't know to, to volunteer for something I don't know anything about? That's a lot. It's a big ask. Yeah. And so I, I, I prayed about it. I didn't write it down, but I did pray about it. But every time the bus went by, and because that's the bus route to get to here, it, it went, I went by it a lot. I heard it and remembered it, and finally... I asked God, like, fine, well, how? Like, if you think that I'm supposed to be there and you know that I'm painfully introverted, even though I worked in retail, I promise, it's like a switch, it's different, uh, how, how, you have to make it happen. And then I was telling Britt, and Britt reminded me that Hannah's mom volunteered there and had volunteered there for years. And so I talked to Hannah, and then her mom was like, oh, yeah, I'll take you, because they weren't taking new volunteers because they didn't have a volunteer coordinator. And so even if I had wanted to, I couldn't because they weren't accepting new people. But because Kim was already in, that is what she had for me that God had talked about two years earlier. Um, she took me in. I talked to this wonderful woman named Margaret who still works there. Margaret's amazing. I don't know if you'll ever hear this, Margaret, but you are. And she asked me, like, went through the list of things, and she said, I guess, the word green card. And the way she tells it, my eyes lit up. I don't remember that part, but Perla had been sharing with me a little bit of their immigration story. And so the green card process, from Perla's point of view, was in my mind, and I think that's what Margaret saw. So I started volunteering there on my days off. And I don't know for those of you who love learning, but, like, I just love learning, and I love hands-on learning. 
And it was just a chance to, to learn something completely new and completely different. I didn't know about immigration in the United States. I was absolutely like of the mindset that like there is a right way and people just don't know how to follow it. And then when I learned that that's not that simple and that the right ways are wildly complicated and take a long time and there aren't enough pathways and it's essentially just band-aids on a system that hasn't been updated since the 80s, since before me. So the system is older than me. Um, but it's just, I need updates. Like, I get updates. Why wouldn't that system get updates? Like, I don't, I, exactly. Like, we update everything. Why wouldn't we update that? Well, they forgot about immigration. So we, uh, that was kind of the beginning of my learning, and, and it, was a, it was a crash course, but I was still at Lane Bryant. So fast forward to May of 2018, and loud and clear, I heard that, that, I heard, have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous, and then I want you to give your notice at Lane Bryant and apply for this job at USCRI. And I should, I should also add that to me, that wasn't that odd. Like, this is my first big faith step, but my parents have mirrored um, or have been obedient in very large faith steps my entire life. So I grew up seeing them, like, my dad feel that like he was called to ministry, um, start many home churches, feel like he was called to Maine. They left everything, moved to Maine with no jobs, and within two weeks they had jobs. He was accepted into the seminary. Like, these are things that I have seen growing up. So it wasn't like I just was like, okay, God says leave my job. I'm just going to do it. It, it, was, it was things that had been mirrored in my life that I, I had sort of like the foundation of, of faith and trust to, to think, okay. And I also told people and we prayed about it. So it wasn't just like, okay, I'm going to rush into it. Uh, I did not tell my parents until after I had given my notice. I, I, I think I knew they wouldn't talk me out of it, but it was such a big thing. And... I was living paycheck to paycheck, so I didn't have a savings I could fall back on. My parents didn't have finances that they could help me. And so I think I was a little, like, naturally scared to be like, I made this decision, and I know that you know the child that you raised, but, like, I did it. <laughs> and so I, I gave the notice the day that they announced that the store would be, would be closing as a retail store, and they would reopen it as an outlet. And I really felt like that was like a... That's a, that's a good bookend, like that's a good close. Um, Jacobo, can you put up the picture of the ladies with the mannequin? So <laughs> I gave my notice in June and we um, worked together. This is part of my team. It's Aaron at the end. Uh, that's me with the red shirt, Lindsay sitting below the mannequin, uh, Stephanie and Alicia. And I had worked with them for years. And so we closed down the store uh, a lot of them stayed on when it became an outlet, and my retail career ended. I had applied for the job at USCRI. I didn't get it, and I knew I would run out of money at the end of August. And I had told people at church, and a couple from church came up to me like two weeks before August ended, and they were like, Johanna, we remember you said you were going to run out of money in September. We believe in what God's doing, and so we want to support you. 
while you wait. Like if you feel like God's telling you you have to be there at USCRI, we will support you. And that to me was terrifying because like I think four or five people, including Imani, might have told me the thing about like the person who needed a boat, needed saving in the boat, and like three people came by and the person was like, no, God's going to save me a different way. Uh, so a lot of people had told me that, and I think I was just preparing for him to like just get me the job, and then like no one else would be bothered. Uh, but that's not what happened, and so the couple paid my bills, and that was a really, really hard time. It was, it was good for me to learn, but it, it was hard and humbling and amazing, but it lasted a lot longer than all of us thought that it would. So that happened. They started in September. Um, I was still volunteering. There, I had applied for a case aid position because that other job had been filled. And I was going to temp agencies. I was interviewing. I got job offers. And each time I would come back to the couple and they would be like, what do you think God's telling you? And I'm like, I think God's really telling me I'm supposed to be at USCRI. Okay, then turn it down and stay and wait. And so that continued until December. I finally got brought on as a case aide in December. In December, I was a case aide though, right? So it's not full time. Uh, they found me. They found me 40 hours a week working in the program for the job that I didn't get. For, and I did that up until May, and then they ran out of funding for that program. But I guess they liked me, and I had some favor, and they found hours for me in other programs so that I could equal 40 hours a week to tide me through. So I was still working in the job that I didn't get, getting all the training in the job that I didn't get, learning all the things for that job, but I didn't have the title. It's fine. So then I, in July, I got hired as the legal assistant, which was very exciting because it was benefits. <laughs> and it was paid time off, and it was like guaranteed time. Uh, but I will say that during that time from December until July, I did not get sick. Uh, God provided it in health, health insurance, and I didn't know that there was health insurance, like Medicaid or something that I could have applied for. But I was eating garlic every day because Brittany told me that raw garlic was like really good for you. So I smelled during this time. <laughs> but yeah, I'm sorry, April. Thank you for loving me. Uh, <laughs> and there was one time that that is why, because I had no health insurance. So raw garlic. Uh, and there was one time where I had pink eye, or it looked like pink eye, and Brittany had drops left over from the last time she had had it. And so don't use other people's medication. That's not what I'm telling you. But <laughs> God provided in that time, and it was, it was really cool. Uh, but I will say that during that period of, of waiting, there was questioning, like, did I hear him right? Was I just foolish? Is this wrong? And you all were lovely and supportive who were here, but it's, it's different on the other end. And God wasn't absent, but he was quiet. So I really wanted him to be loud in this time and like proclaiming wonderful things and like connecting dots and moving. And he was the same as he always was. He was just there. And it, it made me think of, um, there's the, the hall of faith, like in Hebrews 11, where they talk about all the people that God made promises to, and they did not see the promises come to fruition, but they had such faith that they're in this book where you get to know all the things. 
And there definitely was a couple low points where I was like, I'm not saying that I belong in the Hall of Faith, but are you saying, am I interpreting this that like, the promise won't come to fruition while I'm alive? Like these sorts of really like dramatic things that didn't matter, didn't make sense, but it was fine. And so, there's the Hall of Faith. Uh, so it was, it was hard, but I started as the legal assistant and they gave me 40 hours of vacation ahead of time so that I could go with the team to Colorado and like there were just there were things that that lined up when I started that they weren't making up for that strange time, but it was really cool just to see how God had had lined everything up. Um, and I also started training. So because of all that practice, all that time that I had had as the case aid before I started as a legal assistant, I could then apply for something called uh, DOJ accreditation. So uh, nonprofits that have legal legal teams, they can't always af afford to hire multiple attorneys for things. So there's a program that allows people from nonprofits to work under an attorney and you train and you can be partially and fully accredited. So I'm partially accredited, which means that I can represent clients to, to USCIS for certain immigration things, not an immigration court that's fully accredited, but partial. And because I had all that experience, I was able to send my application in very soon after starting because I had racked up the hours and the experience and the time that I wouldn't have had if it hadn't taken that whole period. So God did that. And right, like just a, just a, little, just a little thing. Um, and my accreditation came through in May of 2020, of 2020. I think they pushed it through because of COVID. I don't really know, but I'll take it. May 6, 2020, I remember it. And it's valid for three years, and I've had to renew it already. So it's, it's been doing that. But that job is not something that I thought I would ever be in. But I was faithful to listen when he said to move, and I did. And he, he absolutely provided. And then I didn't, I don't know if any of you, but you know when, like, God does something. We were talking about it this morning in the prayer room. Like, he does something, and you don't see all the connector dots that got you to that point or the path that he lined up. The big thing was uh, this job is very stressful. It's a lot of other people's trauma. It's a lot of not being able to tell people the yes that they want. Like, yes, your family can come here tomorrow. It's we can apply and maybe in four years your family will come. It's, I mean, you know, your people apply for their green card, COVID added two year wait times for some people. There's just, there's a, there's a lot more bad news that I give to clients than good news. There's a lot less celebrations uh, than me as a fairly peppy person would appreciate <laughs> in that type of job. But I know I'm where God wanted me to be. But I also know that if I hadn't had that time when that couple was paying my bills, um, because I had been at Lane Bryant for so long, I didn't know who I was outside of that job, outside of being someone's boss, outside of being responsible for people like that. And so I had that time to unpack and let it go. And that was like, I would not be able to do the job I do today if I hadn't had that time. I just couldn't. And that, I just, I love that he thought of that. It's like a sabbatical, like not quite what Britt's doing, yeah, yeah, yeah. but it was uh, maybe not appreciated by me, <laughs> sabbatical, but it was absolutely this, this time to just renew. And we had 
so many great conversations from like, <laughs> why are you doing this? To why is this my favorite Disney prince? <laughs> like, does, I, I mean, I'd always have a pretty good relationship with God and, and I thank my parents for that, but I was running out of things to talk about and because I was just so irritated that like he was not moving things along. We just went through the list of all the things that I never really had asked, but he was like, why don't you ask me about this? Well, do I need to know the answer to this? Well, we have the time. We do have the time because you haven't done anything yet, so let's talk about it. And <laughs> but it was okay because he's my dad and he's a parent and he gets it. And I didn't leave him and he didn't leave me because he never will. So now I also know why Prince Philip is my favorite prince. Uh, but like, there were just there were just these beautiful moments that I couldn't appreciate then. But like looking back, I can now, and. It prepared me for the season that we were going to run into, which was, I mean, Kabul fell. I'm sure you all remember when Afghanistan, like Kabul, Afghanistan fell two years ago. Our refugee resettlement agency that was already understaffed was all of a sudden, we had over 400 Afghan parolees who showed up at the door, who still had family members that were in Afghanistan. We had lots of clients from Afghanistan who were calling every day, showing up every day, wanting to know if we could help get their families out, and we couldn't. And the weight of that was immense. And it was absolutely one of the times when, a couple, for a couple weeks, where I forgot to give it back to God. Like we were, we were talking about, Hakobo, can you put up the, the dog in the fire? Thank you. Um, or I would absolutely forget to, to give it back to God. And this meme is maybe not something to show in church, but at work, this is the reality of my job every day. This is what it feels like for me every day. It's just sometimes my coworkers and I, we send this to one another if it's a particularly bad day. Uh, just like, how is it? It's fine. <laughs> because it has to be fine. Because we can't do anything about it. So it's fine. And... I think that's the biggest takeaway is that there are moments, like we said earlier, for everyone where it's just so overwhelming, whether it's like housing stuff or job stuff, family, relationship, where we're all just kind of like sitting there and it's fine. That's catchy. I even put my hair up and didn't wear earrings so that I would do nothing to upset Dan later on in the recording. It's the fire. We are. Because it is fine. Because God is God. It's just the, every couple months I personally struggle with being overwhelmed with like, you know, there's Afghan reproll. Switch it. Is it good? Okay. Um, like when Afghan reproll wasn't put through when we thought, and so then everybody was at this state at work of like, okay, so we brought thousands of people here. We gave them a new type of parole so that they could have benefits much like refugees do. The government did some things so that there's legal funding, but there aren't enough attorneys because the immigration system again is band-aided and hasn't been fixed since the 80s. 
and now the parole will run out before they've all been able to apply for something else, which means they won't be eligible for work authorization or benefits, and they'll all just be here, some of them who've helped the United States, and this is our thank you. Uh, they'll all just be here with no money, no support, and they will all come back to us because we brought them here. Not USCRI, but a lot of places, like resettlement agencies were the places that were helping when they came. And that was a cloud for a very long time, just what happens there, what goes on? And then you, Russia attacked Ukraine, and so we started getting Ukrainian parolees who were coming. Now people are being bussed up from the border, so there's asylum seekers and migrants coming in. There's still not enough. And so the daily reality was just like more of those, more of those flames and more of just, it's fine. It's fine, it's fine, it's fine. <laughs> uh, but in that, if when I remember that God's with me in the fire, when I remember that he's there, and it's not like I forget every day, but there are definitely moments when I am so emotionally overwhelmed that I forget. But he opens it up for fun, fun conversations at work that remind me that I am there where I'm supposed to be. There's a purpose, um, like, talking about Rambo Jesus because of Matthew 10, 34 with one of my coworkers uh, because they mentioned a sword and he likes history. But there are moments of conversation when, when God breaks through and there's a lot of other breakthrough that I can't share because it's all confidential. But he's, he's there and it's just that constant reminder that he's there. And all the like little paper trails that got me there. And I don't need to plug you all because you're amazing, but Spindle City Vineyard absolutely helped me the whole time. Uh, I just, this community is like a huge part of why there was even a thought to be able to do that. Aside from the couple who helped financially, like that wasn't even the thing. It was like the community's here. So there was the foundation of like faith and hope, but there was also community, which is so important. And so thank you all so much. Thanks, April. Um, but I... I really just felt like, aside from the fire, it is hope, right? So there was faith to take the step, but then every day that I go in, I have hope that there's a reason and that there's like a purpose and that God is doing the things that I can't see that he's doing. And I think that God wants to remind all of us, wherever we are and whatever we're doing, that some of us might need renewed hope. We might need that little kick or that little reminder that it has been quite quite awful and terrible with little pops of joy here or there, but he's, he's still in it, and he will be in it after. Uh, so Holy Spirit, I do just thank you for being here, and God, I thank you for uh, the ability to share, and I thank you that there is a story that each person has about a time when you prepared them ahead of time for something that was to come or you supplied a need without them even knowing and Holy Spirit I just ask that right now that you could sit with each one of us that you could remind us each you could show us that for those of us who need to see the trail of what you've done that you could show us the trail God, for those who need hope, that you could restore hope. 
Spirit, we just ask that you would give a hug to each person. And for those of you that would like to receive the hug, if you could just put out your hands. Holy Spirit, that you would give them what it is that they need in this moment. If they need peace, if they need love, God, if there's something tangible that they need, Holy Spirit, that you would just come.